0: Thursday, November 4th, and this is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been an incredibly busy week around the world of college football. It's the month of November. It's the stretch run, obviously, in some conference title races. It's the stretch run in recruiting, and there's been some coaching changes, and we're here to discuss one of those, the big one, TCU and Gary Patterson, deciding to part ways, and we've got the publisher of HornedFrogBlitz.com here, the TCU site on the 24-7 Sports Network, the publisher, Jeremy Clark, joining us to discuss not only what TCU could be doing next, the recruiting implications, but a whole lot of other things here as we kick off the show. Jeremy, how are we doing? Busy.
1: We're busy. (laughs) That's, That's what we can say right now.
0: So you've been on this beat and you've been covering TCU for nearly two decades since 2005. And obviously this is kind of a, a shift in in what you have been used to as a media member and covering this team. What can you kind of tell us about what that was like to hear the news, when it happened, kind of the the dynamics and and maybe your immediate reaction to Gary Patterson now being out at TCU?
1: Yeah, it's crazy because I tell a lot of people up. I- been on the beat so long and this is the first coaching change I've have, I've had to go through that just talks about the uniqueness of of Gary being there at TCU so long cuz in this day and age of college football you really don't get that and I really don't think you'll ever see that again I think it, it's, especially at TCU I don't think we'll ever see another coach have that kind of tenure especially especially like him but it it was it was really surprising it it's ironic that it happened on Halloween cuz there's nothing crazier and crazy things happen on Halloween. There's nothing crazier than thinking about Gary Patterson not being part of TCU. But it was uh, Saturday night. I started to get a little bit of information that something could be going down. And then Sunday morning, it started to get a little bit more, a little bit more. Then you start doing your your try to do your job, try to get confirmation on some of the things you're hearing from the right people. And when everyone's kind of quiet, then it just gets. Brought up the way it did later in the evening around 6:30. I mean, it was it was a shock to a lot of people. I think as far as media and, and obviously fans, it was it's a big shock. I mean, you're talking about a guy that revitalized TCU's program, brought it up. I mean, they had a, a a decent two or three years with Dennis Franchoni, but you're talking about a guy that took TCU to new heights, had him in BCS games, had him in the conversation of college football playoff. And you're talking about a guy that literally has a statue outside the stadium. So the fact that he's the winningest coach uh, in TCU history is, uh, is another thing that I don't think will ever, ever be broken uh, by another coach. But yeah, I mean, just a, just a lot of shock and, just kind of speechless that night. I I really didn't know what to think overall.
0: Yeah, I think a known commodity obviously not only in coaching circles but across the country and when you think about recruits that discuss TCU, right? When I'm doing interviews and and I hear uh, a player head out to TCU and, and talk about meeting with Gary Patterson or or taking a photo with him or anything like that. He became one of those coaches that was very recognizable, right? And I, <laughs> and it goes beyond the visor or the the attire or the look that he had, but I think obviously the the production, uh the appeal for especially for offensive players and recruits and and kind of their families and their coaches. Um, I think it's going to take obviously now some time for TCU to potentially find someone that could kind of pick up where Gary left off because Gary had built uh, a brand and he had built TCU up to uh, a certain echelon of of college football and certainly in the Big 12. Now, not the greatest year, obviously, this season, three and five, and in recruiting specifically, uh, TCU right now, number seven among Big 12 programs. But when you look ahead to what's left here uh, as we charge towards that early signing period in mid December, I know TCU just suffered a couple of decommitments. Is it about kind of salvaging this group and, and potentially, you know, not maybe losing more than they already have now and, and starting to pick up the pieces heading into 2023? Or what kind of maybe objective or, or trajectory do you see this program taking now uh, that Gary Patterson is out?
1: it's it's going to be very interesting because like you mentioned Blair when you when you talk about TCU you can't help but to talk about Gary Patterson and just his defensive prowess and and the way uh he's developed guys over the year he's been one of those coaches that takes these 2 and 3 star kids and gets them to the NFL so there's there's going to be uh some changes there I mean obviously when you talk about TCU the one of the main thing that recruits tell me is the development and 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 their parents they love the development they love the fact they're getting degrees so it's gonna it's gonna depend a lot on on where TCU goes in the future with their new coach. As far as what we've been told so far about what they're looking for, they're they're going to kind of switch philosophy. Gary's a defensive guy, but going forward, they're going to probably look more offensively. Jeremiah Donati, the athletic director, told us today at the presser that they're going to look. It, it wouldn't be fair to Gary. It wouldn't be fair to Gary to to bring in another defensive guy. I think that's 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 a good idea because not that it would be fair, but I think for the most part, fans kind of want to see a, a different direction uh, for TCU's program. They want to see more offense, more high-flying, passing, running, whatever it takes to put points on the board, but they're going to try to salvage what they have. They've got non-commitments right now. They've lost two good ones. They lost a defensive tackle, Travon uh, McAlpine, and then they've lost Matthew Golden, who's a really, really good receiver. But for me right now, a lot of those defensive commitments they have, the reason why they chose TCU is because of Gary and they know that he was going to develop them and he was going to give them a great shot at getting to the next level. I just me personally speaking, I don't feel like they're going to be able to hold on to some of those defensive guys. Now, I do know that the coaches are trying to help out TCU. I mean, you got to give credit to the staff, the remaining staff right now, because they're not abandoning TCU. They're trying to at least help them bring in some recruits. Um, And the athletic director is going to try to reach out to some of those guys. But, it's it's gonna be interesting because it depends on who they bring in. There's there's a couple of names that are being thrown around as head coaching candidates and some of those guys are, are really good recruiters and they've done a good job landing some impact players, but right now it's 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 tough to say because I know a lot of those commitments are just kind of thinking, what am I what is my next step? And and for some of those guys, I truly believe that we're we're gonna see a few more decommitments before a head coaching announcement takes place just because they thought so much of Gary and his program.
0: We are joined by Jeremy Clark. He's the publisher of HornedFrogBlitz.com. You could follow him on Twitter at jclarkhfb247. Everything's accelerated now, Jeremy. Obviously, with coaching changes, you have to think about recruiting. You have to think about the early signing period. You have to think about maybe the dynamic shifting and, and trying to figure out how you're going to be able to uh, make up for this change, right? And, and And I think for the most part, I think administrations try to make the transitions as seamless as possible, right? With this, with the interim coaches and, and, maybe retaining some staff members and all that. But you, you've been reporting uh, over at Horned Frog Blitz a really familiar name. I, I think obviously in that part of the country and, and uh, you know, in, in coaching circles. And when you think about the offensive direction that you mentioned earlier, Sonny Dykes would make a lot of sense. Now, Sonny Dykes has power five experience. He's been known to recruit. He's been known to, you know, sling the rock around and, and play a really attractive brand of football. I think that would make a lot of sense for TCU from a recruiting perspective. Perspective, if you are trying to go in that direction,
1: yeah. Sonny Docks is one of those guys. He's he's obviously a name that they're looking at. He's done a phenomenal job at SMU. I think if anyone from the outside looking in, they got to respect what SMU's been able to do. And and he's landed a good class. He's got Jordan Hudson. He's a four star that had offers from everywhere. Chase Biddle. He's a safety, four-star safety that had a ton of offers, including both those guys had TCU offers. And with Biddle, I mean, there was was 11th hour, you know, all the way up to then that he was going to TCU. And then all of a sudden he changes his commitment to SMU uh, on his decision day. But they've done a a really good job of keeping the local talent home. And that's one thing Gary and and his staff had talked about a few years ago when they got in the Big 12 is trying to kind of build this fence around DFW and keep all the local talent home. Now, Sonny has done a pretty good job of of keeping those Dallas kids. They've done a phenomenal job marketing Dallas and making kids want to stay home. That's why they get guys like Hudson and Biddle. But what I really like about uh, Sonny right now is SMU has done a good job navigating this NIL. Um, everyone, that's that's the wave of the future. You, you you've got to learn how to be adept in those things. You you you've got to you've got to take that and. and be able to build your program off of it and he's also great in the transfer portal transfer portal you look at smu they get a ton of those kids every year this is it seems like every time there's a kid that enters the transfer portal smu is going to have a shot so he's he's been able to navigate the NIL. he's been able to navigate the transfer portal and on top of that he's done a really good job of going out and, and recruiting high school's prospects and he's got pretty good reputation with Texas coaches uh, the high school association and I think he would be a really good uh, candidate as far as if he gets the the head coaching job at TCU I think they would be able to come in uh, they want it they want to have a guy named by early December but I think it would probably even happen before then because with early signing day you don't give your you don't give your coaching staff really a lot of time to get out there and recruit if you're just talking about 2 weeks before the first signing period so But if it is a guy like Sonny Dykes, I think he would be able to come in, maybe salvage some of those offensive commitments they have right now and uh, try to go out and and get some other guys that might not have been thinking TCU because – Maybe they didn't think TCU was the right fit for them offensively, so um, it, it could it could be a it could be a good thing if they get a guy like Sonny Dykes or Billy Napier. Um, those kind of guys are also mentioned. Jeff Trailers, an offensive guy, that's being mentioned. So um, there's there's some good candidates out there that have have had pretty good success recruiting.
0: Yeah, regardless of who it is, I think it is you know at worst it's gonna help you get a head start on the 2023 class, right? You salvage what you can in 22. Uh, it's gonna be a short amount of time. Obviously, the NCA right now is allowing. Those prospects that potentially already took their official visit to a school, and there's a coaching change to take another official visit to that same school. So there would be an opportunity to, there to make an impression on recruits heading into that big day where they put pen to paper. But uh, I do feel like the earlier coaches find their new spots and schools find their new direction, uh, the easier it allows that transition to be. Obviously, everything's accelerated now. Like I mentioned earlier, there's official visits in 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 the in late spring and the summer there's the unofficials, there's big junior days and everything. So it would at least allow things to kind of move a little bit more smoothly as we enter the new year. Jeremy, what kind of recruiting canvas would the new coach have at, at TCU? What's What's been kind of the... The thing that you've noticed about this program over the last three, four years, as we enter this new era that you mentioned, right—the NLI, the the transfer portal—you um, know, kind of the shift in, in 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 how everything is is viewed through social media and and video calls, and just everything that is now in, ingrained in college football recruiting.
1: Well, man, it's it's been crazy because I've been around there so long, but there was a time not too long ago where I'd go to campus and you'd see a crane for weeks or months. I mean, they were, they were constantly upgrading something on campus. So I think as far as TCU goes, as far as the recruiting aspect, if you, if you go to their stadium, they've got one of the top stadiums in the big 12 that you look at their facilities talking with different recruits, whether they're a five-star kid, whether they're a two-star kid, they always talk about the, the facilities TCU has and and how it's greater than what they expected. So They've they've got they've got a good area as far as that goes. They're going to be able to sell a lot of things with with new a new coaching staff. A new coaching staff will bring in new opportunities. So typically we see it with a lot of new hires. Whether it's Texas with Sarkeesian, you see a, a, a big a recruiting uptick, getting some prospects. But TCU TCU has a lot to sell, and that's why they're such a. Uh, a, a provocative job opportunity right now for some of these candidates because there's there's been a lot of people that have reached out to Jeremiah Donati to talk about the opening and they're they're in a really good uh, recruiting area DFW. There's easy access to a, a lot of great recruits, but it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting because I think TCU is like that because because of what Gary P- Patterson built and when people think of TCU, it, it, especially with Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC it's it's one of those schools that can really be built into a giant. and the way I say that is they're they're in such a a good area and they've got so much backing from boosters as far as raising money for for uh, facilities, but they they have a chance to be a really, really good program in the Big 12, and and kind of be the king of it once once Texas and Oklahoma leaves. But there's there's so many good opportunities for them to to land good recruits right now, and for those recruits that may be looking around. There's with any coaching change, there's going to be some players leaving that are currently on the team. So maybe you have a chance transfer portal guys come in there and get a chance to play right away. It's it's going to be a very very interesting few weeks here here between now and uh, early signing day.
0: You've been covering this since two thousand five, Jeremy, and it's gonna be fascinating. You know, I had this conversation with Cooper Patania, one of our national analysts at twenty-four-seven sports last week when we were handing out some midseason progress reports across the Big Twelve. And when Oklahoma leaves, when Texas leaves, when those two schools are in the SEC and recruiting from a different pool of player, right, that maybe wasn't considering going the Big Twelve route before, it's gonna open up the avenue for some of these other schools the TCUs the Baylor's right the Oklahoma states the Texas Techs those schools are then going to be able to pluck from the pool that Oklahoma and, and Texas were were diving into and I think it's going to be just incredibly fascinating and TCU will have a new head coach and, and you know I would even argue that this is I think ideal timing if there was ever going to be a change when if there was ever going to be a time for Gary Patterson to 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 go out and TCU to go in a different direction I think this is ideal timing, and it allows that program to set itself up for when those changes take place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you talk about realignment and everything else coming up, I mean, you want you want to have uh, something something good in place. And you look at TCU the last few recruiting cycles; they finished right there third in conference. I, I, with the exception of last year, I want to say the previous five seasons, they were third in the Big Twelve in recruiting rankings. So. They've done a good job recruiting, and it, it's just going to be interesting because, like I said, when when you talk about guys like Sonny Dykes, there's just something that you can admire about the way they've been able to recruit at SMU. No one would have thought that they would have built their program up like they have, and it kind of reminds me of what TCU was like when they were in the Mountain West, just the way they were going head-to-head against some of those uh, Power 5 schools when they were a G5 school. It's definitely – definitely. Uh, I, I, would, I would definitely agree with you on – the timing being right because from a from a media perspective we could all kind of see that that gary was looking like he might have been getting a drain getting drained a little bit and seeing all the fan reaction and listen they love the guy they love where tcu is that they're tcu is because where it is is because of gary patterson but even they felt like it was a time for a change so why it's a, a a somber moment to to know that gary patterson's not going to be on the sidelines anymore for TCU. I think it's also a pretty exciting time for those fans because let's admit it, I mean, it's the first time they've seen any kind of change in 20 years at the helm of TCU. So it, it's going to be fun to watch to see what happens in the next few weeks.
0: Jeremy's having a lot of fun right now with the coaching search. His first one since, since he joined the beat in 2005. Jeremy, it's been a pleasure and I uh, can't wait to do it again. Thanks, Blair. All right, you can follow Jeremy Clark on Twitter at jclarkhfb247 and follow all his tremendous work over at hornflogfrogblitz.com. Remember, if you like the show, please follow, rate, and review us and throw us those five stars. Stay locked into 247sports.com all weekend long for the latest buzz and recruiting scoop as we chase down the big visitors, the official visits, big game reaction for our guest Jeremy Clark and our producer Lance Glenn. I am Blair Gulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the twenty. 24 7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has. Broomgate.